0: Hi, welcome to today's episode of Elite Influence Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Roman Lakniuk. Uh, he's a 22-year-old university student at the University of Alberta in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And this guy has accomplished so much at 20 years old, it's, it's uh, pretty insane. So he's de- developed marketing, branding strategies for three different startups. He's a sales manager for a, a sales team of 20 people. Um, He also represents One Salting, which is a career consulting firm and actively speaks to students and career professionals on LinkedIn, how they can leverage it to reach their specific goals. So he's quite accomplished at 20 years old. He's done a lot of things. I'm super excited to interview him today. You can reach him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram at Roman Laknyuk, so L-A-K-H-N-Y-U-K, Roman, first name, and then his last name, L-A-K-H-N-Y-U-K, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I'm excited to launch into this week's episode with you guys. So welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Elite Influence. I have my, my good friend Roman on today, and we're going to be uh, diving into, well, actually, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about Roman. So Roman's currently a, a sales manager at Turnip Home. Uh, home security company and he does presentations for LinkedIn like all over everywhere. Um, he's doing some stuff with social media marketing. He's doing stuff with like, like this guy's just, this guy's just doing so much. It's so cool. He's networked with some really, really, really successful people. Um, he lives a life that he's just, you know, super excited about, super passionate about. And, uh, so I wanted to get him on here and and have him talk about uh, a bit of his story. Um, some backgrounds, the insights, the, the, you know, skill sets and mindsets, et cetera, of, of, um, your story. So welcome. Welcome Roman.
1: Thank you, Michael. Thanks for the awesome introduction. I'll uh, quickly introduce myself. So I was born and raised in Ukraine. I moved here to Canada seven years ago. And in the last seven years, I've gone through a lot of different experiences, very diverse experiences, doing things like marketing, um, digital marketing, door-to-door sales, managing public speaking, just trying out a lot of different things along the way. And, uh, I guess, Michael, do you want me to like, go through, should I, should I walk the audience through like, the process of how I, got, how I got from thing A to thing B and so forth?
0: Yeah, why, why don't you just maybe dive into like, your story? Let's, let's just hear your story, man.
1: Yeah, so uh, when I was in high school here in Edmonton, in Canada, I was in, we had a, like a guest speaker talk about how to become a millionaire. And for whatever reason, when I listened to the speaker talk about this topic, it made me think. Made me think about how could I take ten dollars and turn it into a hundred. Like, how can you double money? How can you make money grow without necessarily having to work per hour? Right. And with that whole idea, I remember I went on Ali, Alibaba, or I don't know how the, the yeah. website that, where they sell China, like things from China. I bought a couple of watches, for ten dollars, bought them, and was able to flip for like forty. And in that moment, I was like, oh there's a new way to make money. I don't have to look for a job. I was too young to work then Then back then it was grade nine or grade 10. So then from that point on, I started to sell things like used furniture that I would pick up on Kijiji, like free furniture from dumpsters, whatever I could sell, even from my parents' house. If there was anything that I saw that wasn't being used, I would just take it and sell it on Kijiji. And that's cool. when I learned that there's a buyer for anything, right? Right. So that was just a really starting point where I started starting to think about ways to make money. And then actually throughout high school, I got really into, as we call it, personal development. So reading books and seeking out mentorship online in person and throughout all of my high school years, I just spent, I spent a lot of my time just reading and just learning about what it takes to make anything work, like to create something in business. And at the same time, I met one of my first business partners one of my best friends, uh, Aiden, and together we started a company called obsession United. So it was a mastermind that we structured as a, a little bit of a business too. We would sell hoodies, t-shirts. So that was my first marketing experience, uh, ever. We, cool. we came up with the hoodies. We had to come up with a name and it, we weren't planning to start a clothing brand. We just, we just literally, we just wanted to create a group in our high school of people who are like-minded and with that came a name as well as the idea to make like clothes, like hoodies and shirts. And at the same time, we're like, let's sell it. That was the first thing. Uh, we did it for a while throughout high school. And then when I went to university, I got into making clothes with my friend, Chris, who is really talented. He's a talented designer and he actually taught me to make clothes by hands. So I spent about three, four months trying to make pants, Um, like literally by hand in my basement with a sewing machine that I bought for like $300. Okay. So I thought that that's, that's 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 something I did throughout my first year of university. And so throughout my, my last four years, there's a lot of little things like that. I tried in different ways. And every time I did something like, like sewing clothes or selling clothes, it would put me into a position to do something completely different. Right. So over the last four years, I transitioned into, being a manager at a obstacle course in Edmonton Fitset Ninja warrior. I got into uh, LinkedIn marketing. So helping people market themselves on LinkedIn, eventually starting to do speaking. And from there, I went into doing door to door sales. Um, Now I'm working at turnip as a manager. That's a quick rundown of the kind of the progression. I want to highlight how it started with something really little. Yeah, of course watch.
0: That's cool, man. It, it, it's funny because, I, I, you know, there's, um, there's a saying, you know, salespeople are made not born, entrepreneurs are, are made not born. But like, man, it's, it's funny because I, I really think, you know, certain people just have entrepreneurial blood, you know, like it's just, it's just how they think and how they operate. And, and you know, for you, even from a young age, it's like, you know, buying shit and selling shit. That's, that's the definition of an entrepreneur. You know, you, you buy shit, and you sell shit, you leverage, you leverage time, leverage money, leverage people, leverage technology. And um, you started doing that from from a young age. Now, the one thing that's kind of really stuck out about, you know, what I've always loved about you is that the fact that you've continuously been seeking like this, like, what more can I learn? What more can I learn? What more can I learn? And, And you've really focused in on, you know, some specific skills. So like, obviously, marketing, leadership, management, public speaking, sales, like all these different things. So maybe like, you know, talk a bit about some of the different skill sets that you've learned over time and how. Um, maybe the, the the different value you see in the different skill sets, or like how they've kind of applied applied into your life.
1: Okay, hey, that's a perfect question. I love that question because when I was when I was in high school, I was always asking myself the question: How can I make things work for myself? How can I move fast? And I would always question: What do I have to do along the way? Meaning, like what type of skills do I have to attain along the way? And so for me, the answer came back to first, getting to understand the world around me. So I feel like a lot of people develop skills like programming, um, like very hard skills, like technical skills that are great. They're awesome skills. But unless you know how to operate in the world, these skills won't carry you much, like very far. So for me, instead of focusing on learning those hard skills in the very beginning, I focus on getting to understand the world. So for me, it was always been about exploring how the world works by doing sales, Mm -hmm. public speaking and just interacting with as many people as possible and trying to sell things. Right. Right. At the end of the day, when you sell, when you market, what you do is you have to take the world and how it works and leverage it to sell a product. So for me, uh, all of the skills i developed in the last five, seven years being in Canada have all been connected to the whole idea of communication drives action. So selling, public speaking, marketing is all under the same umbrella. So I personally believe that in order to make things work for ourselves and people around us, we have to understand how the world works. This way you have, let's say you want to be, um, you want to start a car company. You want to start selling cars. Like you want to build your own car. You know how to build a car, you know, everything to do with a car you build one, but then how does it go from being a car to being a purchase by someone that drives enough money into your business to expand it? Right. It takes a lot of different skills, but the one thing that's most important is sales. And what I'll tell you is I, I think without selling, like it just doesn't, nothing really works or communication.
0: Yeah. And I love, I love what you said about like, you know, a big thing you, you tried to do is just explore how the world works and you, you just started trying to sell shit. Now the cool thing, and, and you know, the, I think the really unfortunate thing in society as a whole, I think sales has this view of being like manipulative or sleazy. And it's, it's, it's so funny to me because like what, like I, and when I first got into sales, cause I mean, we worked together for three years and I, I you know, I was doing the same job, you know, two, three years prior to, to when you started And when I first got in, I had, I very much had that like kind of conception and ideas like, oh, I'm like manipulating people for money. And like, so i literally go into these sales situations, even though I knew I wanted to learn sales and I knew it was important. I go into these situations, "Ah, like I'm just a sleazy, whatever. But what I started realizing over time is that like one, I can never force anybody to do something that that at some level they don't want to do. Like in order for somebody to make a purchase, they at least at some level have to want to do it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was like a big realization of mine. I'm like, holy fuck, okay, so people actually want this stuff that I'm selling. It was like, again, it's, it's super counterintuitive. Um, but what I've realized over time is that money is literally just a direct reflection of the value that you're providing another human being. It's it's a direct reflection. So for me, I've actually equated like sales equals service.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I watched, I watched. you know, I was watching some videos and they said that there's two things that people are afraid the off the most. One is making decisions. Two is making money. And if we talk about making, making, sorry about money, right? Having, having to manage money or make money. I think, and this is in relation to your point, people are naturally afraid to let go of money. And if you can drive them to give you money in return for something you offer, like you said, that's an, an indicator of value. Right. Like money is one of those things that people stress about and as a great salesperson. And like, I like to say, I don't look, I look, I don't look at myself as a salesperson. I look at myself as a communicator, an entrepreneur, someone who creates things. A right. Mover, right. As a communicator, what you're able to do is you're able to present information in such a way that for a person to give you money in return for whatever you're, you're presenting is a no brainer.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a comfortable experience. Yeah. That's what I find really fascinating. So I, I really like who you said it, that money's an indicator of value, a direct, um, it's a direct factor.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and it's interesting to me because even if I look at like, say for example, like right now I'm, I'm focused on really like building up a coaching practice and, and, and taking on clients. So I'm, I've been, you know, I've been doing, um, you know, I've been taking on clients to them sales. I've been taking on clients and, and, um, kind of helping them, like guiding them kind of along as this, this, like, you know, I have a couple of clients I, I just, I, I, you know, closed some really big clients yesterday and both of them, the the kind of the leverage point of the pain point that I was solving was actually taking them from where they are and actually moving them to in a place of like where they're doing shit, they're passionate about and excited about kind of thing. So I want one guy who's like all the creativity in the world, all the different ideas, all the whatever, but he just doesn't have necessarily the guidance to kind of move him along that direction. Right. So it was like what I, what I I, like now he, I mean, this is a guy that paid me $5,000 kind of thing. Like in one, just like handed me $5,000 kind of thing. And, and, um, you know, it got me, it got me realizing like, okay, I'm like, I'm sitting here. and I'm like, okay, well, he just, he just saw $5,000 worth of value in, in having conversations with me regularly, you know? And to me, like, like, you know, for, for some people, they might be like, what the, like, why the fuck would you do that kind of thing? But I was really thinking of like, what, what was like the big value here that he got out of this? What was it? like, where was the value proposition? And realistically, it was like, he had a dream and he didn't see how to accomplish it. And I'm the person that's able to bridge that gap. Right. And that's, that's the $5,000 worth of value. It's not, it's not the conversations with me. It's, it's, he's buying, not, he's not buying coaching from me. He's buying a result. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's, that's where the value is, you know? And again, value is totally perception, totally perception. It's, it's individual, it's individualized.
1: Well, and going back to what we talked in the very beginning, when I talked about making, building and understanding how the world works So for a lot of people like going back to the most valuable skill for me, I think is communication and not just communication on its own, but understanding how communication works in this world specifically, right? Mm -hmm. Like in Canada and just, just really being a really good communicator. So what's really impressive is what you've been able to do is take something that's conceptual, something that's not tangible, right? An idea of a result that you will achieve for your client. And be able to communicate in a way that drove that transaction. People are really used to buying things like, you know, couches, pillows, houses, things they can see. But when you have to sell and communicate the idea of getting something that's a lesson, an experience, it's a whole different level of, you know, that understanding of the world. I think that's really impressive.
0: Well, so I, I agree with you, but at the same time, so what you pointed to with, you know, with the, with the couch, with the pillow, whatever, like it's something tangible, right? It's something that they can see and they, they, they directly see value. Now, say for example, I went and purchased like a, a, like a shaver the other day and I like bought it and like I was kind of like uncertain about it. And now I kind of like, I tried it and I'm like, ah, I, don't, like this, I don't think this actually meets the need or whatever. So I'm not necessarily feeling the value of it. Now with the coach, I'm sitting on the fucking thing every day. So it's like, okay, like there's value here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, but the funny thing, so relating back to like the coaching, um, what I found is actually the most impactful is giving people a direct experience and a direct feeling of what coaching actually is. So when it like, when I sit with somebody and I, I coach somebody and like, like it's, I was thinking about this the other day, but when you, when you become the most authentic person and the most, uh, the person that's most willing to tell the truth in the room, you become a very powerful person, a very, very powerful person. And what, what happens is like, you'll sit there and you'll, you'll be, you'll be speaking truth, speaking truth. But like what I found with most of society, most of society doesn't want to look at the hard truths. You know, they don't want to have to look at themselves and take responsibility for their results. So when somebody like me comes and points that out to somebody, it can be a very it can be a very tangible experience. Do you know what I mean?
1: I do get it because at the end of the day, even though the couch is a tangible item, something you can touch, at the end of the day, the value for me as a consumer is derived from the comfort I'm experiencing from sitting on the couch, right? right? At the end of the day, all the value is interpreted in here. It's not something you can just justify by looking at it, right? It's something you have to experience. So if you really think about it now, take, you know, going back to coaching versus buying tangible items, it is the same thing, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does. because Now, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not tangible,
1: mm-hmm. right? And now, now, like, talking about learning skills, for me, I knew that if I can sell an alarm system, if I could sell a marketing, digital marketing package, market for anyone, like Fit's a Ninja Warrior, do yep. anything like that, I will be able to take that to to whatever venture I'm pursuing in the future
0: right and you know I have I have you know i I spoke with some friends about this recently but realistically like when you learn a high income skill set like if you learn sales if you learn marketing if you learn you know like different different like sales and marketing are probably the two biggest ones but if you learn sales and marketing do nothing like you, they could throw you on a fucking island and you'll market to the penguins that are there and like have them do shit for you you know what I mean like not not actually but like <clears throat> like because what you're doing with sales and marketing is you're understanding the actual inter- interchange of value. You're seeing where the value propositions actually lie. And once you understand what, what true value is, you'll never be short of money ever.
1: Well, what I find is a lot of people, they will set goals. Okay. This is a really fun, fun idea. I want to bring up right now. So a lot of us will set goals. And I actually think that half the time, the only reason someone would not achieve a goal is because they lack the understanding of how it actually works to achieve that goal.
0: So, Same. Hey,
1: so we talk about setting goals, anyone, right? Yep. Set a goal to make a certain amount of money, build a specific business. And when it doesn't work, I think that the, one of the main reasons it could doesn't work is when they lack the understanding of how things actually work in the world. Okay. In that specific industry, for example, right? why am I bringing this up right now? Well, because we think that achieving goals is about feeling motivated. It's about working hard, Mm -hmm. you know, doing our best. When in reality there's another piece is understanding the logic behind a specific industry, a specific skill. For example, selling, I'm sure you would agree with me. When you first knock on a door, you're pretty much blind sales wise yeah you have no idea what's going on. You say whatever comes out of your mouth, not even planning it. It just comes out of it on its own, and then you leave and you have no idea what happened well then you've done it for two years, you knock on a door number fifteen thousand, and you know exactly what's going on. Yep. You know how the weather's affecting the perception of you at the door you know and like how the person at the door is perceiving you because of the weather. This is a ridiculous example, but what what I'm referring to is those. I think oftentimes goals don't work or setting goals because we don't understand how the world works. So going back to what I said in the very beginning, that's why I put so much emphasis on exploring right now, being younger. Cause I think if I can explore enough, I will grasp the idea of how, what it takes to build a business or yeah. to manage, for example.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was just, I was just doing another podcast with another friend of mine and, and um, you know, we, we, we really, dived into this idea of, of exploring or um you know mel robbins talks about follow your instead of follow your passion follow your excitement you know and and so i really think like you know if you look at probably at all the things you did you just had a natural tendency or natural like interest in them. And you're like this this is cool and i think like even if i look back like there was things that i just wanted to explore like salsa dancing or um you know, I want to go to Thailand. These were things that just like were stuck in my head and I just wanted to do and I wanted to get out. And so there there were things that drove me and motivated me and allowed me to explore the world and allow me to understand what's going on at kind of a more meta level because of the, because of the different, like, it's like, and here's the thing, man, like I'm so such a strong believer that every person deep down knows what they need to do. And, and like every single fucking person. And we get so brainwashed by society to not to to like kind of shut that voice off like sh- to shut off our intuition and something i mean there's other factors that, that include like play into it i mean like we we, we literally numb that part of ourselves when, when we sit in front of the tv for four hours you know it's like that that part of you that speaks like deep down that that there's like an inner knowingness that i believe every human being has when you sit down in front of w- watch tv for four hours you can't even hear that shit like you, you can't listen to it
1: this is so i love i love that point so much because that's something I tell myself all the time to, to really pay attention to my inner voice, my inner, my inner, inner guidance. Because I, I think that I always know what to do. Mm-hmm. And in times of being stressed out, in times of confusion, the reason that happens is because when you, I go out into the world and interact with people, interact with you know social media, whatever it is. It's always affecting you, no matter what you if, – even if you feel like you're not being affected, you are. You're always absorbing information and information is being processed by your subconscious mind, right? There's always an effect uh, from being surrounded by anyone, but whether it's social media or in person. So mm-hmm. what I found myself was really important. And we chatted about this in the past is taking time off. Uh, it used to be every Sunday where I turn off my social media. I do not call anyone, turn off my phone and just detach myself from my life and the world. But now what I started doing is I take uh, my first hour of the day completely to myself, no phone, no books, no TV, nothing. I just sit and meditate. I go for a walk, do completely nothing. Being completely unproductive yet. That's what helps me to be really productive throughout the day and being grounded.
0: Totally. I had, uh, I, I had this thing yesterday. So like I, I've been, I've been probably the most productive I've been like ever in my life right now. Like, as, I think, I think it's largely just because I've kind of like, you know in a sense, finally like leaped into what i truly feel like i want to be doing on kind of on a on a day-to-day basis and so it's funny because i'm just like i'm waking up and I'm like like i don't even need sleep anymore half the time like i'm like like i slept five hours last night and i'm still like i'm still fucking tired i'm gonna take a nap but like you know i'm just like fuck it this, like this is what i want to do this is exciting to me but you know yesterday i got what i what i found is i got so caught up in like i was like action 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 it was just like i was like i had i fucking got home yesterday, had like five sales calls. So I was on the phone for almost like four or five hours. And then, um, you know, I was creating some content, had to reach out to a bunch of people. And then at a certain point, I'm like, dude, I need to like, I don't know, like my brain was just so scrambled and I'm like, I need to just chill the F out right now. So I, I you know, grabbed my journal, left my phone in my house and just went for a walk for, you know, for an hour. And it was it like, kind of like you said, it let, it let my brain kind of settle. It let me refocus on my goals and like what are the highest impact items that I, that are highest impact action items I can do like right now to kind of move me forward. But it, it took me, you know, instead of just drive, 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 which I think is a common misconception in the the entrepreneurship culture is that you just have to be grinding and driving all the time. But by taking a yeah. step back, taking that time to like really just let my brain do its thing, then I was able to refocus, recalibrate and be like, okay, let's Let's focus this, this, and this are the most important actions right now. So let me take a step back. I'm energized. Let's go tackle those three things.
1: Well, and this is a really, I have a really fun analogy to bring up right now. Imagine a person wants to go from Florida to New York, right? They're the only person in the world. They got to go from Florida to New York. There's thousands of kilometers to travel. Yeah. A hard worker will take a step forward and start walking towards New York for the next three months, four months, right? Working hard, walking walking 20 hours a day, maybe sleeping for four and eating for like 20 minutes, I don't know, whatever. Now another person invents a car or a bike, right? Or or airplane, now they're able to get to New York from Florida within just a couple of hours. So when I do work, sometimes I'll, I'll get caught up and I'll start walking towards my goals. Yeah. But then when I reflect and nurture myself on a Sunday or in the morning and just really, really detach myself from the world and just relax. What I find is I'm able to invent a way for me to reach my goals. uh, Just like a person would by inventing an airplane instead of just walking. Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: Totally. And I, I think, you know, I think that also goes back to, you know, the, the, having the right vehicles to get where you want to go. So if I look at like, you know, when I first wanted to quote unquote be successful and have residual income and all that, you know, the, all this thing that every entrepreneur strives for. Um, like what I, what I, what I first, the first vehicle I looked at was like Amway. So like a network marketing company. Now the funny thing is like nothing wrong with it. I know some people that are doing well with it, but it's like, I'm, I'm seeing now, dude, there's so many more avenues that are so much quicker than, than doing like network marketing. And somebody who just gets in network marketing and just grinds Like, you know, is, is, you know, we'll probably have success over time, but at the same time, it's like, like, I'm kind of realizing it's like, dude, like the more beneficial, like, cause I I have a friend right now and she's doing, uh, she's doing, um, like a a company called Monet and she's like, her whole goal with it was yes to earn some income, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like, I'm going to get financially independent from this or I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to, it's like, I want to go in because I get to learn social media marketing, I get to learn sales, I get to build up a network. And I get to earn some extra cash on the side. So it's like, there's four driving reasons behind joining that company, as opposed to just like, I want to be massively successful. Right. So focusing on, again, focusing on learning, going back to what we talked about before, but focusing on learning skill sets, taking back and seeing like, okay, is this actually getting me towards my goals? Like being able to like take a step back, like what's the quickest way to get there? Well, Not even what's the quickest way, but like what's the most effective use of my time right now, you know, like building the bike or building the airplane or building the car kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Dude, this is this is massive, and I, I do want to bring up a couple of ideas now that you kind of just inspired me to bring up. When I was a lot, when I was younger, so back in grade ten, what I did was I I looked at my life, I looked, I made a list of things I like to do. Even it was really ridiculous, like playing soccer, and I li- made a list of thing, made a list of reasons why I like to do it. So for example, I like to do uh, martial arts. So I play soccer. I tried to like play music, and what I learned was I'm just really curious person. I also right. learned I was really competitive. So even though I was playing soccer, and people would say this guy's in love with soccer and running, because I did track and field, so many different things. That's what it looked like on the surface. When in reality, what I was able to take out of that experience, when I dissected, is the fact that I'm really competitive. I like to I like to move. I like to make things happen. You know, I like to work in a team. That's what I learned had nothing to do with soccer. Soccer just was just a thing that reflected uh, my personal traits, like my, my drive, right. It was a way for me to, to express those drives back then. But the reason I bring this up is I made a list of all those items that I like to do, why I like to do it. I was able to come up with a short list of things I want to do going forward in the future. So for me, it was uh, building teams, creating something as an entrepreneur, being a speaker. I like to talk. Yeah. Tell me you talk too much. I said, I I was like, Oh, that's, that's probably, I was like, I felt bad about it. I was like, maybe I should talk very little instead. Instead of doing that, I was like, you know what? I will start speaking and get paid for it instead of talking less. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and about you see, the thing is if I didn't dissect it properly, I would have, I would have never done speaking.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about like, what's your DNA, you know? And like, people have this idea of like, you know, I want to be the A player, like I want to be the A player or I want to like whatever, but a lot of people are B's, man. A lot of people are C's and there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, driving, driving higher and higher levels of self-awareness, like Mm -hmm. understanding yourself at a higher and higher level, like, like, okay, what, what are my natural tendencies? What's my natural inclinations? And I feel like really the more you can line yourself up with that, the more like the easier life is. Cause I, I mean there's a, I can't remember. There's a book, uh, they talk about like zone of genius, zone of excellence, zone of, uh, it's, I think it's, I can't remember who it's, it's like the big leap or something. And, mm-hmm. um, like the basic idea, like if I, if I look at some of the results that I've produced in my life that just seem like, Oh yeah, this is just normal. But then people come to me and they're like, dude, how, how the fuck did you do this? And I'm like, Oh, well, this, I just, this, 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 and they're like, what, what, like, I don't get it. Explain more. Like to me, so there's, there's certain things that to me, just like makes sense like that. Like I can sit, I can sit with somebody to, and I've had this experience multiple times now where I, I sit with somebody who's just like depressed out of their mind. And like within 30 minutes, I have them like, like fucking excited about life again. And that's just something that, that I've naturally built up understanding with over time. And it comes so naturally to me, like the coaching, the sales, the speaking, like that it just, it's, it's so inherent in who I am that what I found is the more I align myself up with that, it's like life is now like, I don't feel like I work hardly ever. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like I, like I work, like if I look at like the amount of productive time I have in a day, like I wake up, you know, I usually try and get up at seven and I'm in bed around like 10, 11 o'clock or probably 11, 12, um, would be a little bit, but like I'm active, I'm doing active, productive things for most of that time during the day, you know, but it doesn't feel like work ever.
1: You know, and the one big thing I did a couple of years, maybe a year ago, you know, is I, I got rid of the word productive. Okay. So back, back in my first and second year university, I was obsessed with being productive. It was ridiculous, man. I remember I used to bike to, I used to work at Sobeys back in my first year in university. And I would bike from home to Sobeys. It's about a 15 minute bike ride. Guess what I was doing while I was biking? Audiobooks? (laughs) No, reading a physical book, holding my hand while biking all the way there. (laughs) To finish the entire book, just biking back and forth. It's ridiculous because I was like, how can I be more productive? how can I be productive on biking? I didn't have audio books back then for some reason. I didn't know about them. I don't know why. So I had a book, a physical book in my hand. So it was really crazy. And you know, I was was looking, I was balancing out five classes that was in full time, trying to manage this idea that me and my friend had with building this clothing brand, being in a fat house for the first two months and I didn't stay in, going to parties, you know, more and more and more and more things. Investing. I thought I was going to be the greatest investor and I, I thought that that was my way to become millionaire back then. I'm right. going to be an investor. Right? right. So, but the reason I bring it up is because it was so, uh, it wasn't really healthy. It, it wasn't fun. I want to have fun in life. Like I would rather have fun than be productive. Right. What I find is when you are having fun, you end up being more productive. Being productive is, is you know, taking off check marks. Right. So, Basically, I'm not taking on the whole concept of producing. I'm just taking on the whole concept of being productive. Me talking to you right now, I could interpret it as being productive or unproductive. But I choose not to do that. This, I feel like this is okay for me to, you know, this is a good way to spend time. Um, I guess I'm a little lost with the idea right now as I explain it. But basically, what I'm trying to say is there's a misconception with the word of being productive. being productive is not a universal word you can make anything seem productive so a lot of people think that being productive is is being on a computer but what i found is sometimes the most productive thing is just to go out there and talk to strangers yeah but then it doesn't it's not categorized as productive
0: well i think it's also like productivity is also dependent on like what's your what's your goals because i mean like uh, I can't remember who said this, but like one of the laziest things you can do, actually, I was just reading this book called the prosperous coach recently. And, um, what, what the, what the, the author said is that the, the, one of the laziest things you can do is be busy all the time. Yeah. You know? Cause like, I I mean, realistically, if if you're if you're the type like, and this, I used to have that same thing. Like, I was just like, I got to do more things, do more things, do more. And I tried to accomplish more. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to run a 5K. I'm going to run a 10K. I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to run an ultra marathon. Like, I'm getting, you know, I'm going to go to university. I'm going to do this course, that course, this personal development thing. And I just, I got so obsessed with, like, just trying to do as many things as I possibly could that I I, I, I lost sight of, like, kind of the, the natural tendencies and the goals that would actually be more aligned with, with who I am, what I want, where I want to go. And so I just, I just got so obsessed with this idea of just accomplishing the next thing that like, mm-hmm. I lost touch with like, what's it all for? Like, why am yeah. I, running? why am I running an ultra marathon? You know, like what, why?
1: Man, that, that's so, so important to bring up because what ends up happening is this is what I've learned. You come up with a reason you with an idea because it's exciting. It's fun. You want to you know, build an income for yourself, help your family. And then you start to build a plan on top of it. You build a plan. So now you're following a plan. That originally started with a why a reason to do it yeah and after a while the why fades you forget about it it's like it's not there anymore but yeah. you're still the process and you're like what how did i end up how did i end up here right and then that's when you have to like sit down and reflect again that's why i do so much reflection because it allows me to always be in touch with my why it just makes things so much smoother
0: yeah it's like you you well that's uh what simon sinek talks about start with why but uh, like you said it's like you know, you create the plan, but then often what happens is people get so obsessed with the plan, right? The plan becomes their why, but like, like you said, they lose touch with the the deep driving cause. And I think, yeah, man, I, I, I'm a huge advocate of, of getting away. And, you know, like, uh, you know, I had many years of like meditation, like learning to sit with myself and and, like just trying to learn to listen to like my own intuitive guidance, you know, for, for so long. And I, I know we've had a lot of chats about this, a lot of conversations about this, but um, yeah, man, I, I think I, I, I do believe, man, it's so key being able to sit back and, and you know, seek the answers with inside. And it's funny because, I, I, like I said, I just filmed another podcast right before this. And, and I was talking with my friend uh, Yusuf. And uh, I was telling him about this article I read this morning, which was called, um, uh, let me see if i up here. It something something learning. Uh, where the heck is it? Generative learning. Mm. And so what he, what the author, Steve Pavlino, what he talks about is the fact that like, there's going to be so many different, like so many different business solutions. So many people with different ideas of like, this is how business should be done. This is how uh, relationships should be done. But no, nobody's him. Nobody lives his exact situation. And he's going to be the only person that actually can come up with the, with the answers. Now that doesn't mean you can't take advice. You can't like listen to the, you know, the influence and whatever of other people, but there's not going to be, there's not going to be one. Nobody's going to have the perfect answer. and if you can what he actually said is if you can learn to trust yourself and the solutions that come to you more than, more than the advice of other people, like what'll, what'll happen is you'll, you'll probably get it the place you want to go way, 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 way quicker because the advice that you're getting from yourself is like specifically designed for your life and your situation.
1: That's it, man. That's what I found. I found that as people, I don't know if this is just me or everyone else too, but whenever there's a massive hardship, the first thing that I wanna do is you know, consult with people about it. Right. And in the last year what I've done is, you know, half the time I would just stop myself and just sit there with it. And was it when I when I did that, every time I would come up with uh, with ideas on what to do and how to fix it. Mm-hmm. So what I find is we expect people around us to uh to to help us and even if even though you know they will share their time and advice, at the end of the day, the most effective thing we can do is just to figure out ourselves.
0: Yeah, and I, I'll i I had a I'll relate a specific example to to kind of exactly what you just said. So I had uh, yesterday there was there, I, I was feeling like I had this these emotions surface and like uh, it was it was a very strong like mental. Um, discomfort in my head and it was like like if i had to look at it it was like like an eight out of ten level of stress like i'm just like like i was just sitting there and I'm like oh my fuck like this is like and it, so what was happening was i was recognizing conflicts and value misalignments or value like conflicting values in my head and i was, I was really struggling i was feeling pulled in like seven different directions so it was a, it was very big like like it was a lot of mental pain that i was just like holding on now in the past whenever i felt this sort of conflict or this sort of discomfort my immediate go-to is like, okay, I'm gonna go watch porn or fucking eat ice cream or some shit, right? And just like numb the pain. Now, yeah. what what ended up happening over time was I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up some Steve Pavlina articles or I'm gonna look up something, like I'm gonna Google this problem to try and figure out like, what's the solution? Now, after a while of that, my, my go-to now, this was actually like, you know, we talked about this, but like my go-to started to be like, well, I'm gonna call a friend, like call and talk through this with somebody. But what I what I realized, and like after because we, we we chatted we chatted that day, and I called a, I called another uh, uh, mentor of mine, and she she was like, Michael, what if you could just be like okay with feeling like that, and like have compassion for yourself, and like like just let yourself really experience that emotion, and it just it just like clicked for me. And I'm like, man, like the 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 value conflicts that are arising, they're arising for a reason. There's a lesson to be learned. And so I had this realization of like, instead of trying to run or trying to solve this, what if I just sat with it and I let myself feel the discomfort, I let myself feel the pain of the, of the conflict and, and just see what happened if I just let it, let it play out.
1: Well, and I have a, another fun analogy because I love analogies, man. Yeah, I think yeah. Imagine you own a car, right? Yeah. And it's broken. And then you call someone up to come and fix it. And the person is not a qualified mechanic. They're just Okay. And fixing cars, they fix it, and it kind of works. When it breaks every every two days,
0: yeah,
1: right. Like it keeps on breaking. Someone keeps on helping you fix it, but you still don't know what the problem is. Right. You might as well look under the hood yourself, take a picture, and figure it out yourself, and try and fix it, uh, and then consult, and then figure out a way to get it fixed, like calling a proper mechanic. So yeah. I feel like, I feel like, when we read through problems, when we eat things like ice cream when we find the shortcut, it's like calling that amateur mechanic versus the, the top notch one. The top notch mechanic is us. Right.
0: But here's a funny thing. In order for us to be able to have a solution, we have to get clear on the problem. Yeah. Right. So when like relating back, when I, you know, when we feel these levels of like discomfort and pain, like, it's, and, and again, it's, it's a societal thing. Like we're just so used to pushing that pain down, push pain down, push pain down, push pain down, numb pain, watch TV, eat ice cream like that's just that's just a thing that we do in society right but the funny thing is if you can if you can sit with that and get clarity on what the problem is then the solutions naturally arise but we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable first
1: they always do they always arise that's the crazy part
0: yeah yeah i had a i had a, I was coaching somebody the other day and he he shared with me um an experience he had when when like, cause he had like lots of addictions and stuff when he was younger and he shared with me how after doing a lot of personal development work, he started at one point he started feeling this like crazy emotional sensation, just ar- like arise. And he, he like, it was so much and he, he kind of reverted to old ways. So like, you know, old addictions and stuff like that to kind of suppress it. But after realizing like, Hey, this is what I did. He just made the, the decision of like, I'm not going to repress this emotion that's coming up. And what he ended up doing was he sat with this emotion. It was, it was like the craziest thing. Like this guy, this guy's been through a lot. Like, like it's, it's been a really wild thing. But what ended up happening was he let himself experience this emotion. It was like four hours. He was just lying wide awake in bed because like it was so painful. And he was just letting himself experience this emotion. Now, the crazy thing was he started getting memories. Like these memories started surfacing. And about two days later, it kind of fully hit him. And he just like broke out in tears. But he actually remembered... Uh, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna share the memories, but he remembered this really, really traumatic event that had happened to him when he was like, like two years old, like just, just completely came to the surface. And, and, and you know, like it, it, when, when he experienced that, he, he was literally a different person after, like, it was crazy.
1: Interesting. I like that, man. I never see, I, I, I've explored that principle. I never explored it that much, but it's really cool to hear that it had such great impact on someone else. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the spiritual coaches, you know, all those people who run those different courses on personal development, business coaches, all those people are people who have gone through those experiences at that level. Like your friend did, you're yeah. able to come up with a course. Now they sell, and, you know, <laughs> help other people. But at the end of the day, like whatever course you take, it's a great tool. But then at the end of the day, like at some point you have to lay in your own bed and figure it out. Like your friend did.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, a hundred percent, man. And I think there, there is something to be said about mentorship. Like, you know, for me, I've always, I've always been a, a, a big proponent of just doing the thing that resonates with you. Like for a long time, it was like, I want to be a yoga certified yoga instructor I just, because I was doing yoga every single day. And like, it really resonated with me. and It gave me what I needed at the time. But so it's yoga for six years. I was just doing yoga almost every single day. And, you know, I, 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 felt very strongly to become a certified yoga instructor and to train under, under my, my yoga teacher, Ramin Peyro And I did. And it was funny because almost as soon as I finished the certification, I was like, I felt a completeness with yoga. I'm like, I don't need this anymore. Like, I, I've learned the lessons that I need to learn. I still, I still do yoga all the time and I take what I need from it. Like, you know, it's, it's a great way for me to open up my body, ground myself a little bit. But I don't feel like, like the big lessons that I needed from that were obtained and I was able to move on. Right. So there's like, and that's, I think that's the beauty about all these, you know, different spiritual teachers is people are going to relate to different people. Right. Everybody's going to relate to somebody different. So you go and you learn from specific people until, okay, I, I got what I needed from this person. And then what will probably happen is you'll feel drawn to another thing, you know, and then you'll feel drawn to another thing. And it's like, the more I found I follow those inclinations, like the, the freer I become, if that makes sense.
1: For sure. And it's, it's funny that balance too, right? Between being mentored and then mentoring others and then doing yourself. There's that balance, but you need all three pieces.
0: Yeah. And I think just, just, I'm going to add another thought on that. I think being willing to open yourself up to guidance, like, because I think so many people are resistant to that. And even like, so also, especially if you're looking to like guide other people, like the, the, the book I'm reading, The Prosperous Coach talks about like a coach without a coach is like, like, what the fuck are you doing? Cause you don't even believe in what you're, what you're trying to sell.
1: Yeah. I, I believe that big time. Like myself, I don't really talk about it much, but I do have coaches for marketing for my personal stuff. Yeah. My sales, you know, my sales work every, in every area I have coaches. They're not, they're not like formal, formal, formal coaches. That was well, very professional. It's more, they're kind of like mentors that. Yeah. Me, so they they're willing to spend their time uh, coaching me
0: 100% man. and I, I I'm in the same boat like I have you know I have a mentor for uh, maybe not sales as much because I've, I've really kind of learned that at a high level but like you know I'm a, a mentor for um, for marketing right now I have I have another well marketing coaching um, you know I have like a like a, kind of a spiritual mentor like I have, I have like four or five different people that I kind of look up to on a regular basis that are meant yeah 100% man.
1: same here same here man it's, I think it's really, and like you said, you have to be open-minded to it too. What I find is a lot of people, they will, they will trust themselves so much that they won't, they'll distrust everything else. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or on the other hand, they put too much value in the opinions of other people that they don't actually trust their own inner guy. It's, it's, it's a balance for sure. It's finding the balance.
1: Yeah. Do do we have.
0: What time is it? Yeah, maybe let's wrap it up, dude. I think that's a good good kind of note to end on. Yeah, I think this is good. Yeah.